0: and welcome to the second episode of Playcast, a new gaming podcast from the team hang jump Cut Play and the award-winning Jump Cut Online. So, exciting one this week. I've been looking forward to talking about this one for a while, but before we get into it, I have two brilliant guests with me today. I have Reese. Hello! And I have Jeff.
1: Hello, hello.
0: How are we both doing?
2: I'm doing very well, cheers mate. I'm excited to talk about this game as well. It's been on my mind for a long time, so I can't wait to get my thoughts out there.
1: And how are you doing, Jeff? I am doing good. Constantly tired as always, but super excited to talk about this game. It's <laughs> li- li- like, you know, you guys, it's been on my mind a lot, so I'm ready to get into it.
0: Yeah, I, I can't stop thinking about it, even though I've finished it now. I- I've-, I've not actually touched it since I finished it, so I'm- I am waiting for that multiplayer mode to drop. But I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll get into that. But before we do... Over the weekend we had two little bits of news from the DC fandom, and in a weird term we're getting not one but two co-op games. Mm. So we're getting Gotham Knight, or Knights rather, and then we're getting Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League which is the longest title in a game I've seen in a while. <laughs> uh, I'm not too sure what I think about either of them at the minute. I'm excited to see Warner Brothers Montreal step back up to the Batman plate but the results of what we saw, I'm a bit iffy on what do you guys think?
2: Um, well, I found out yesterday, watching videos about these two games, that weirdly, Gotham Knights isn't a sequel to Arkham Knight, but mm. the Suicide Squad game is a continuation of the Arkham universe, which is confusing. Um, <laughs> because it seems like, based on the premise of Gotham Knights, where um Bruce Wayne, Batman, is dead, and there, like he sent the message after his death, and they've got to kind of pick up the baton. That is where Arkham Knight left off, which was with a rumor to be dead Batman. So the mm. fact that that's a different story entirely is a bit strange. However, like I said on um, Twitter the other day, I'm really excited for a, a co-op, triple A superhero game, to kind of get stuck into, and I do like that. I think I've heard that they both of the games are going to be. You can either play them in single player with three AI companions, or you can play it two player, three player, or four player, which is pretty cool. I'm just hoping that it's going to be a more—you haven't got to be at the same point in the game. So as in, like, let's say if I'm five hours in and you're three hours in, Jeff, we can both still jump into each other's games and play different missions at different times, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just hopeful that they can um, make them really fun games again because I love the the Arkham games, and I know that Rockset Rocksteady are a very good gaming production company and i'm like, curious to see what they can do with those characters and in that world and i want to it'd be cool to see a new metropolis because we haven't been there since what superman 64 i guess um <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah so yeah i'm excited for those two games i'm excited for i think the suicide squad game more just because of rocksteady rather than uh one of those montreal but they are both games i'm gonna be playing a lot of so they get a big thumbs up from me
1: yeah, I mean I'm kind of the same boat. I was also really surprised when like I saw like Gotham Knights was not in the Arkham universe because I was like, oh, watching it and I saw Oracle walking and I was like, oop, guess not. <laughs> um <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah, I mean I'm just so fascinated by like DC's like recent like big push for like everything suicide squad. Like mm when you look at the comics like they were like kind of popular but i feel like suicide squad was like marvel's like guardians of the galaxy they were kind of like a nothing property and they became just like this big thing um but that game does look pretty cool i'm excited to be able to play as king shark and just eat people because king shark is the man (laughs) um he's my favorite little soft boy um but yeah i'm Again, really excited for like co op superhero games because I know I have a couple of buddies who I'll definitely be able to play them with. Um, but yeah, interesting choices for games. I'm I'm curious to see if either
0: game will kind of incorporate couch multiplayer because I know it's kind of like a thing of a like sadly like a bygone era now. But I still think there's people out there that enjoy kind of playing games locally. I know it's a bit difficult at the moment, but. I would be curious to see whether that option is actually
2: included. Mm, if they make it kind of like a the Lego Marvel style. Mm. Um, but then I did see, I think it was in the Gotham Knights trailer, where it showed, I think it was Batgirl and Robin taking out some sort of room. And there were some shots of them doing kind of like split screen co-op of it, with Robin doing some of the left and then Batgirl on the right, and then they kind of swapped over. And So I, I based on that clip alone, that two second moment... It suggests to me that it's possible that there could be some couch co-op, which would be very fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I do think it's confusing, like you said, that they are kind of soft rebooting the Arkham Knight story, mm-hmm. but then the other game is continuing the universe, but in in a completely different scenario. I do think that is a very odd creative choice. I am really
1: really interested to see where they take like the Suicide Squad game story, though, because, I mean, it seems like from the trailer that the justice league is probably being brainwashed or manipulated by somebody, mm-hmm. um, mm. based on the fact that, you know, you had Superman, like Allah justice, just like offing a dude. Um, also, I mean, there's really no way that they win, right? It's not like kind of the whole premise of the Suicide Squad. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, are, you just, are we just going to be able to play as less and less people as the game goes on? I mean, I think for like that kind of reason, I'm like really interested to see how they handle that game. It is a terrible title, though. It's way too long.
0: Suicide Squad
2: killed the Justice League. It is, it's a bit on the nose, isn't it? Um, and I'm sure, Sam, I'm sure you'll know. You know, in the Suicide Squad trailer, is mm-hmm. it Brainiac that's kind of like taken over the city in that with that weird
0: octopus uh, thing? I've only watched it the once, obviously, when it was on during the fandom. I, I can't remember for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was that kind of villain mm-hmm. that they were fighting that the Justice League were fighting against, but I, I'd be curious to see that like, throughout the game. of I think Superman will obviously be kind of one of the main boss like fights that you would mm-hmm. have. Uh, if we're fighting other members of the Justice League, I'm curious to see how the dynamic of that work because fighting Batman, I imagine, would be one of like, the hardest battles in the game. <laughs>
2: it's, it's, yeah, potentially, and I think I think I, I was watching kind of an anal- analysis on it yesterday, and they, the creators of uh, Rocksteady wanted to kind of with Suicide Squad wanted to make the heroes that you fight against the ones that are really difficult to kind of design a game around. Like Superman yeah. is obviously super overpowered in any situation. So you would he'd be impossible to kind of create stakes for. And the flash is hard to design around because he's too fast and all sorts of stuff like that. So yeah, I think they've they have got a challenge in front of them. Um but I'm excited to see how it goes.
0: It's just nice to see kinda of Rocksteady returning again after I I am surprised that they've continued to do more D C properties as well. I'd mm. thought maybe they might have taken this time to do like maybe like an original property or something completely different but the fact that they are kind of staying with the dc brand i think that speaks a lot to the kind of relationship they have as well with warner brothers
1: i mean there's been rumors kicking around forever that they're doing a harry potter game right that's yeah true. there was that leaked
0: um trailer thing from last year and it was like, kind of like a free roamable hogwarts and all that it looked really good yeah I, I hope that's something that comes out because i, I put the shit out of that
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean maybe they have like two teams Working on stuff is what I would imagine. I mean, I I the thing is with Suicide Squad is I I trust Rocksteady. I mean, they did pretty much no wrong with the uh with the Arkham games, and so mm. I mean, as long as there's no Batmobile sections somehow shoehorned into the Suicide Squad <laughs> game, <laughs> I think we'll probably be okay.
0: Well, the Superman design, like just before we come off it, the Superman design that was in that trailer got leaked months before when people thought it was just going to be a Superman game, so it is, a, it is a bit weird, like you say, that they don't have any gameplay to show, but whether it's just because they're being cagey on purpose, mm. I guess we'll see. But I, I didn't know it weren't coming out till 2022. I thought they were both going to be coming out next year. No, sadly not. I wonder, I mean, I know the Avengers game's coming out this year, and that was in development for quite some time, but I wonder if these games are kind of a response to that. I don't know, maybe I'm looking too far into it.
2: Well, I've actually, I've read something about it today um, that seems to suggest that the DC games were very similar to the Avengers g- um, game. But having played the beta of the Avengers game, um, I hope it's not like that, is all <laughs> I'll say. <laughs>
0: I've still not got around to playing it, but uh, I'll take your word on it, because I know you've uh, been a bit...
2: It's. I've not, played it both. Uh, is the disappointed
0: game. the right word?
2: Yeah, it's just, it's a, the kind of game um, that is... Going to be really repetitive, and right now, they because they want to make the, the game like a live service game akin to like Destiny 2. Yeah, and based on what I've seen, there is nowhere near enough content in that game to kind of keep people going back, and just adding in new heroes to do the same missions over and over again is not enough of a pull for me. So,
1: yeah, I'm not sure how long that game is going to last.
0: Well, I've, I've not played Destiny 2.
1: Oh, see, I've played a lot of Destiny, too. Um, yeah, that,
0: well, that's what I was about to get onto. I know you're a big fan of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a website called Time Wasted on Destiny, and it counts how many hours you've played, <laughs> and I don't really care to get into that right now. Um, but, yeah, when I heard that it was like a live service game, I was like, eh, because it doesn't seem like the kind of game that would fit a live service model. I mean, it's probably just because they want to try to squeeze as much money out of it as possible. Um, with future add-ons and stuff like that. But, I mean, from from everything I've heard, like, I have never been more excited to, like, wait for a sale. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's, it's, that's the thing as well, I've, I've barely played Destiny, however, on all the screens that were, like, to upgrade your hero with new gear, the similarities were so obvious to me. It was just, you're getting new gauntlets, you're getting a new chest plate, you're getting a new set of armor, and you yeah, just like- kind of trade it out and upgrade them all the time. And I'm just like, this is just Destiny, but Avengers.
1: Yeah, I mean, every live service game I've played has been like that. Like, the Division 2 is, like, the mm-hmm. same thing. Except I remember I saw the screenshot for, like, the Avengers one, and it's somehow even busier than, like, the Destiny screen. I, I just got kind of tired just looking at it, and I was like, boy, yeah. I really cannot be bothered.
2: No, I didn't think... When I saw the screenshot that came out, I didn't think it was that bad, because I, that's what I expected it to be. But they're actually using it. There's just so much information on the screen that I just couldn't be asked to read it. I looked mm-hmm. at the key number that was like, oh, this one's level 10, that one's level 12. Which one's better? I'll go for the 12 one. And that's <laughs> all I cared about, you know? Yep. So. It's sad
0: to see you disappointed about an Avengers game. Mm. It genuinely is really sad. But it's okay, because we're going to cheer you up now with a game that is actually good. Yeah. <laughs> a game that we've all been dying to talk about. Mm. Ghost of Tsushima and... It's surprising that we're in this point where we definitely want to talk about it because weeks before it came out, I know I spoke to you a bit about it recently, I really wasn't that bothered about playing it. And now it's like one of the best games I've played in, in years. Mm. Oh, there's, so, there's so much to get into, but I guess where we'll start with it is I just wanted to know what you guys thought kind of going into it and your kind of initial experience within the first couple of hours of it.
2: Um. So I. This is this is only the third game I've ever platinumed, which I was really proud of. Um, mm, nice. Because it wasn't, if a difficult platinum to get, I'll be honest. But it was, it was a game I felt deserved me getting platinum. And in so in the first few hours, I've really liked how the game just chucks you in the deep end with a really really cool um, beach attack scene to kind of you lo- you lose that fight, and it's it shows kind of how brutal the Mongols are. And it shows how good you are as a fighter already, even at, you know, day one of being Jin Sakai. Um, And it's just, yeah, it was the kind of game that it it doesn't kind of hold your hand to an extent. It just kind of chucks you into the world and lets you explore and do your own thing. And it'll teach you things as you go, which I really liked. Um, And yeah, I was in it from the first minute and I stayed in it until I got my platinum trophy. So yeah, big fan of Ghost of Tsushima.
1: What about you, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, in the lead up, I mean, we we talked about this a lot in like our group chat where we just said like, oh, it just looks like another, you know, open world game, you know, it'll be fine. Maybe maybe I'll pick it up down the line. Um, And like reviews came in and everyone was like, it kicks ass. And I was like, okay. Um, And then I saw there was like the black and white mode and I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, got it. And I mean, I feel the same way as y'all. That first opening mission, the second, like those those arrows started flying at you when you were charging the beach. I was like, yes, I am all in. Um, And just how you get there and you're just cutting dudes down and kind of one swing and you feel like a real badass and. Oh, there's so much I want to talk about. Um, It's (laughs) it's such a good game. I'm so glad that, you know, I kind of made the turn and was like, you know what, I'm going to get it, and I'm going to play it, um, because it's definitely my game of the year so far. Um, unless something else yeah. coming out this year like really surprises me, I don't really see it getting surpassed right now.
2: Cyberpunk 2077
1: is coming out this year. Dude, I think Cyberpunk's going to be a flop, but that's a whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff out here with the takes! <laughs> yeah, I've got to
0: agree. i Game of the year for me as well. I can't believe you just said Cyberpunk's gonna be a flop. That's big.
2: That is a... for only twenty minutes into the episode. That is a take and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Not even about the topic. I've, had, of I've the just had to like
0: sidestep my own brain just to process that <laughs> take for a second. <laughs> just while we we sidetrack onto that, what makes you think it's gonna be a flop? I'm I'm actually curious to to know what you think on that.
1: All right, so. When I say like a when when I say like a flop, I don't mean I think the game's gonna be awful. I just think that it is at the point where there is no possible way it matches its own hype. Like mm-hmm. there's no it, it's been built up so much that I don't think there's any earthly way that it lives up to what people want it to be. And I mean, outside of the Witcher series, which I mean in The Witcher 3 doesn't need to be restated, it's one of the best games ever made. Um yep. But they haven't really done anything outside of the Witcher series. You know, Mm. them branching off and doing a first-person sci-fi action game. From Everything I've seen, I'm sure the story and stuff is going to kick ass. But the gameplay, I don't know, dudes. It doesn't look so hot. So, (laughs) I mean, we'll obviously see. But I think, I don't think it's going to be, you know, getting trash in reviews. I think it'll get perfectly fine reviews. But I don't think it's going to be, you know... This like earth shattering thing that people seem to think it's going to be, hmm. you know.
0: The the thing that kind of springs to my mind when I've seen some of the, like the limited gameplay we've seen so far, it looks very similar to like the Deus Ex series. Hmm. I feel like it's pulling a lot from that. Yeah. So I don't know how it's going to kind of evolve on on that form. Obviously, I'm happy for them to obviously show us the kind of unique kind of vision they've got behind it. But yeah, I I think I do actually kind of agree with you on that. I think a lot of us are building. This kind of magnum opus kind of thought process behind it, so I would be curious to see how it does actually review in the end.
1: Yeah, and I mean, hopefully when it comes out, I'd be thrilled to eat those words, but until then, you know, we'll wait and see.
0: It is coming out this year, isn't it? Yes, November the (laughs) 19th.
1: Supposedly. Supposedly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But back onto a game that I know you won't trash talk. (laughs) Facts. (laughs) Facts. Yeah, I'd have to agree with my game of the year as well. Um, I mean, I know Death Stranding came out last year, but I'd probably tie it with that because I played it this year. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's so much going on with it. Like you said, before it came out, I did just think it was just kind of like another kind of generic open world where you've got kind of like your Assassin's Creed-type bases that you have to take down and stuff like that. But the thing that kind of is the strongest crux of the game for me is the story. I think the writing is absolutely phenomenal. And I think it's a real testament the game as well as it being kind of like a swan song to the PS4 because it kind of shows off the console in some very uh, interesting ways. Like the load times on this game are insane. Yeah, amazing. Like, yeah. oh my god! I don't get how it loads these huge, like, detailed environments in like four seconds. It's incredible. But yeah, it it, it kind of reminds me a lot of Red Dead Two. This game as well, like, um. My girlfriend said when she was watching me play, this is just Red Dead 2, but with Samurais. I'm like, you know <laughs> what? I can't even say that you're wrong. Because <laughs> it kind of
2: is. What I think I liked more, maybe not more than Red Dead 2, because Red Dead 2 was incredible. I liked yeah. the fact that this streamlined lots of the Red Dead 2 things. So like with Red Dead 2, you know, you were skinning animals and stuff. That yeah. made this literally one button tap and it was over in less than a, half a second. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, I'm going to watch a little, a brief cutscene of him physically tearing off an animal's hide he just picks up as he rides along on his horse you know it was the kind of game that was meant to be played at a fast pace and it did everything it could to make it all seem seamless which it did yeah like you said about how the loading times it was no normally a load time that's when you grab your phone and just check twitter but you had no time to by the time you picked up your phone you were into the next bit of the game you know it was yeah brilliant
0: Mm It it, kind of goes back to this discussion I had with with, um, Corey and I think yourself as well, Reese, a few weeks ago about the kind of realism in games Mm -hmm. and where is the kind of line between realism being something that's fun or something that's kind of, not like showy, but something that's obviously done deliberately for the sake of like an experience like immersion. Mm -hmm. And I think in the case of Red Dead Redemption 2, it's definitely more on the immersion side of it. It's definitely selling more of an experience than kind of like a game, whereas I feel like Shoshima's kind of streamlining uh, those kind of things to make it more video gamey, a bit more mm-hmm. arcadey, and I, I do actually prefer that because Red Dead 2 is amazing, we all know that and we've, we've talked about it like, at length multiple times, but there's only so many times I can watch Arthur Morgan <laughs> skin a cow or something, <laughs> Um, over the course of like the 70 hour story. So <laughs> <laughs> when I was playing and it's just like, oh, press R2 to pick up these flowers as you ride by them. It's like, yeah, this is a much more refreshing way of doing it.
1: Yeah, I never want to go back to like getting off my horse to picking stuff up. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I after this game, I no longer can be bothered. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when I first started playing it, and once you kind of get through that first mission and out kind of into the open world, um, And we talked about about this a bit in like our group chat as well, but the most obvious parallel that sprung to mind for me was like in terms of like exploration and kind of just being out in the world was really like Breath of the Wild-esque in a way. Hmm. Um just in the fact that again, I think a lot of it is chalked up to, you know, not really having a HUD on the screen, which is awesome because it lets you kind of enjoy the world, but also lets you get pulled naturally in different directions like you see some smoke rising in the horizon you're like okay Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go check that out you see you know a bunch of like birds circling in the sky you're like what are they circling let's go find out um that sort of thing i like how it just kind of lets you take the world at, at your own pace um to your point where it's like yeah you can play it really fast but it's it's weird how it's fast paced and. Very streamlined, but at the same time, really encourages you to kind of take your time and explore yeah. and kind of get immersed in the world. Which was honestly really surprised that they pulled off a balancing act like that because it's not easy to do. I've seen very few games do it as successfully as this one.
2: Mm. I think, yeah, I'm glad that you said about um, this is a bit like Breath of the Wild, even though I've never played it from what I've seen online, there were features of this game that were very similar. Like, I really enjoyed doing the um, the shrines that were like little climbing, jumping puzzles, basically, across the map. Oh, yeah. And I thought they were really satisfying, just to kind of a much more chill way of achieving a goal. Rather than having to mow through 50 Mongols at a time, you were just literally just pleasantly climbing up a rock face. And I thought that was really nice and enjoyable to do. It was very chill.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with both of you just said, like the kind of world inviting you into it. Because mm. I enjoyed the fact that there was no hood. Because. Yeah. It it was just so nice to have a motivation that was your own and not necessarily the game telling you what to do and where to go. Like You had that freedom to kind of make, make your own story, in a way, in your head. Like, yeah, I'm this samurai and I'm going to go about my day. I'm going to help these random villagers <laughs> with whatever they're doing. Or I'm going to go take down the camp and I've got different ways I can do that. I can either go in uh the kind of quote-unquote honorable way and fight them head-on as a samurai or i can do it as the ghost and i can do it in the stealth kind of way and i I enjoyed that i did get sidetracked quite a bit at the beginning of the game just with all the random side quests because for me it's one of the strongest games i've actually played with the side content because normally in games like this the side missions kind of let it down quite a bit and that like propels me to want to just do the campaign and get it over with but with this like the writing on the side missions is just as compelling as the main story.
2: Mm, the actual side quests I thought are really good. I think where it does stumble on the open world bit is probably with the actual kind of collectible side of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, me and Jeff both shared the same issue with the foxes, for example. Oh, the foxes. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: how, how many foxes are there? Like, how, how many? I Seriously?
2: 49, I think. <laughs> is
0: the so many good boys. <laughs> <laughs> I, it and, got like, like
2: of course... There. Of course pet you pet them, them
1: all, but...
2: <laughs> I, by the end, when I was doing my final few for the trophy, I was just, like, not even acknowledging them. I was like, get me there, and I'm gonna run away. I just didn't... Monster. I, did well. I know. <laughs> um, but no, I think, yeah, I agree with you with the side quest though. I thought the side quests were amazing. And I do agree with you both as well about the HUD not being there, because it was so... the world was so nice to look at, as you ride for the world that it was just so inviting in and it, it, it's the kind of game that is so kind of streamlined that it shows you exactly what you need and that's it it doesn't clutter your screen in any way um, and it's just yeah I was really impressed with the overall design of the screen and the map and all
1: yeah I mean it's really nice to not have to worry about stuff like stamina or like mm. eating to like replenish meters and stuff like that <laughs> I mean going back to Red Dead 2 which is one of my favorite games ever made um i really liked those elements for that game in particular but i'm glad that developers are like okay not every game has to be like this mm. um just because i feel like if that was incorporated in this game it would have kind of taken away from the more streamlined elements so it's nice to you know you can just ride your horse and go as fast as you want for as long as you want i mean there there is a cap on sprinting what it replenishes pretty quickly and you move mm. pretty fast anyway Um. But yeah, it was just really nice to have a game that just kind of, once you're out in the open world, it kind of just lets you loose. I mean, obviously you're kind of locked to each section of the island until you progress the story, but yeah, I mean, each section is one huge and two full of stuff to do. Yeah. So, I mean, I probably, we, I'm sure you guys are in the same boat, probably spent like the first 15 hours of the game, like in act one, just kind of moving around. I didn't progress the story yeah. for a really long time. Um <laughs> But yeah,
2: considering how much time we all spent in Act One just exploring the island, I was I was concerned that by you in by the time you're in Act Two, your character's too strong. But they really, really did a great job of leveling up the enemies as well. So that mm-hmm. even in Act Two, you are still trying to improve your abilities as you go because you're still not quite strong enough to beat everyone easily yet. And it's yeah, it was just really, really well paced.
0: I think that like is a discussion about the the stance system as well because oh. um <laughs> yeah we've not necessarily been like a level up system in a traditional sense that's like numbered but more rather you unlock just different abilities and it's your kind of choice of which ones you implement mm. the stance system i think does a really good job of kind of challenging you to kind of master it as the game goes along because the, the more difficult the enemies you encounter they begin to get a bit more like wise to the stances you're using, and the fact that you are able to get to a point by the end of the game that you're just like flicking between these different fighting modes at like the drop of a hat is just a, a really like good testament to the design of it as well because you just it, it gives you that satisfying feeling that you are this, this incredible warrior. Like I think we've all got a favourite stance. Like, I personally like to use um. Uh, the triangle one is that I forget what it's called now is it called wind stance I think water that's stance wind, yeah no i really like that i think it's water Might with water the one where you can do the kick yeah, yeah, yeah. that that's my favorite as well yeah yeah i like that cuz you just like you get to send people flying through the air and the kind of parrying and stuff with that is really satisfying as well and even that like the fact that we have our favorite stances even if you're fighting enemies it's not necessarily suited to it's still giving like a level of individuality to the player as well with that
2: yeah, I was. I loved the the stance system. Just because, mm. like you said, it was just so easy to flip between them. And I, cause I've got like a clip from the stream I did when I was really early into the game. And I could, I watched that clip again, and I can hear myself being like, right, so stone stance is swords. Uh, what stance is the, the spear guys? Blah, blah, blah. Whereas by 50 hours in, I was just mindlessly clicking the buttons I knew exactly what I was doing how would I parry it who would I dodge which direction would I dodge into how, which ghost weapon do I use and it was just you just learn so much for yourself as you go along that it becomes like second nature and I was just so impressed with the with the combat throughout the entire game it was brilliant
0: What do you uh think about the combat Jeff I know that um I'm sure you compared it in the chat to the kind of Arkham at times and I think other people compared it to Spider-Man, which I don't think are unfair comparisons at all i
1: yeah uh, what what stance is your favorite <laughs> i mean i'm like you guys i'm a simple man i like kicking the shit out of people in video games <laughs> <so>. <laughs> i'm I, i'm i'm a man of simple pleasures so yeah wind stance for sure um i do like the um what is it the moon stance with the brutes Because he holds the sword in, like, one hand above his head, or it's like he's holding it backwards. And I was like, dude, he is going to swing that thing and just cut (laughs) you to pieces. Um, (laughs) So that's awesome. However, I think the best stance, and I think you guys know where this is headed, (gasps) my dude's ghost stance?
0: Ghost (laughs) stance!
1: Sucker Punch did that shit for the anime fans, that shit was hype <laughs> as hell. Like, I remember playing that mission, and I was like, oh, is it gonna be, like, a new stance you can, like, a new stance, like, tree or whatever? Mm-hmm. And then, like, the screen flashes red, <laughs> and, oh, oh, man, I wish I could have seen myself play that for the first time, because it, it, it's awesome.
2: It was amazing, and I think when I hit that moment, I'm sure I text you, Sam, being like, mate, This mission, get to it. That's all I'm just going to say. Just get to that mission. Because, like you said, it is the hypest moment. And I think that is probably the best point of the game. In a game that's full of amazing moments, that is the one that I'm just like, I can't get over how good that was. Because that whole mission itself, before you get there, was really cool. Where you have to go, Mm. you have to run outside and destroy the siege weapons, then come back in, and you fight the boss, and then you learn the slaughter ability, and then you get the ghost dance. You're just like, oh, God. you just That's such... A hype moment and yeah, like you, Jeff, I wish I was recording myself because it was fucking insane.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I sent you my video reaction of my face like Mm. literally seconds after I did it. (laughs) I was just like in actual shock.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like genuinely one of the most exciting moments I've played in a video game in such a long time. Like it oh. It I I just and like you said, like it, this is a game full of like exciting moments. Like all of the story missions kind of have like this blockbuster quality to them. Um, yeah. But there was something about that where it's just because you you just weren't expecting it. I mean, when you're storming, you know, a fort or whatever, you kind of know sort of what's going to happen, and you know, big battle scenes like that. But that it just it came out of nowhere, and it was mm-hmm. such. A, and it it's another way again where they add a new you know, kind of level to the combat where it's like, okay, if you are good enough at fighting, if you just get good, like you can do this <laughs> whenever you want to, um, which was really a nice incentive for me to kind of focus up and, you know, kind of pay more attention to combat because I would just get like a little sloppy and be like, Oh, if I get hit, it's whatever. I'll just Kylo Red myself and heal up. Um, <laughs> but that was like, kind of pushed me to be like, okay, I'm going to focus on, you know, blocking everything and going perfect so I can knock people out with this.
0: It's the fact that the moment it happens, like, you don't really expect it. The pacing of the mission is so well done mm-hmm. to the fact that you've obviously fought your way through the, the village and then you have the kind of duel with um with the general and then it leads into a cutscene. But the cutscene is so well done that it goes seamlessly back into the gameplay. Mm-hmm in a really great way, and as soon as he, like, the stepped behind him, I thought, you know, I'm gonna cut this dude's fucking head off in front of all his soldiers, <laughs> I was just like, holy shit, like, way too, like, t and everybody in this mission.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, because, like, the game was, you know, pretty brutal, but it was never as brutal as, you know, decapitating yeah. someone. It was just such a mm. shocking thing to happen, because, yeah, up until then, I mean, you're obviously cutting people down with swords, but that, it was just like, oh, his head's gone cool <laughs> and then everything in ghost pose you like you know you like d limb people and they like scream and i was like holy shit am, am i the bad guy <laughs> like... i think like implementing the ghost stance as well and with it being so brutal is like
0: another good way to kind of reinforce the actual story that you're experiencing as Jin kind of lets loose of kind of his like standard morals and mm. kind of st- to enter that morally grey area where it is between being a samurai and being a ghost. I think that is a good way to kind of enable the player to have another choice of how they reinforce that. Because, like, going back to the writing itself, like, the writing in this game, like, the first act itself could be a game, like, a full game. Oh, yeah. Like, the goal is just to go and free his uncle, blah, 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 get to the big fight at the end, and that's the game. But the fact that... Each kind of act in this game is—it's almost like a, like a like a film trilogy in the way, mm. and you're playing through this huge like trilogy all at once. Like I think that's a really great way to actually do a story like this because I don't think you could have told the a story that unfolds in such like by the end really emotional way mm. in anything less than that.
2: I think what it really benefits from actually when you look at and look at the kind of the grand scheme of the story, it's a very simple straightforward revenge story, except. Yeah it really puts focus on characters like Jin and Shimura and Lady Masako and just all these people that have an important impact on the story that it makes this story feel important and it makes it feel like something you want to get to the end of. So I think, like, I, you mentioned The Witcher 3 earlier. I was thinking today, I know exactly how The Shish- uh, the Ghost of Tsushima ended. I, that story has a really great ending and I'm really happy with it. With The Witcher 3, I completed that this year and I cannot remember how the main story ended. I just can't remember it because it was so massive and so complicated mm-hmm. that I think you just kind of get lost a bit, whereas in this one, you know what the goal was. It always reminds you, the goal is to get caught and Can, and you get there and that is the story. And I just thought, yeah, I loved how simple it was and yet and how much detail and thought they put into the characters, making sure that it was important to them. And that's what make it made it work so well for me. Yeah. Uh...
0: I'm debating, do we go into spoilers on this one? Should we dive a little bit into it? Yeah. The game's been out. I right? think
1: so. Yeah, it's been out for a bit.
0: <laughs> I think what what, what I'm going to dovetail into then is the ending specifically, because I think that is such a huge emotional oh, my God. climax to, to go through. The fact, like, the mission itself calls you to go to your childhood training spot and you kind of have this really bittersweet moment where um, they help that villager with the truck. And um, with the little little vending truck thing that he's yeah. taking over to um the port. It's such a bittersweet moment. And then the fact, for me, that was going to kind of influence my final decision. The fact that he took me to my father's grave <laughs> to then challenge me <laughs> a duel mm. was cold in itself. But then the fact that you have to have a haiku before it as well is all these different emotions flying at once, and I thought it really was genuinely the best endings to a game I've seen, Like not just in terms of gameplay, but in resolving the story in such a an like, in, in involving way with the player to get them to make a choice that... It, it's a simple choice, but I think when I played it, it took me a good few minutes to actually make that choice of either pressing L2 to kill um, Lord Shimura or R2 to, to spare him, and for me, I couldn't do it. I had to spare him. I was just thinking all like, all the journey of being on, the fact that he wanted to rule the kind of land as like, like a pseudo father and son thing, I couldn't do it. What, what did you guys do in the end?
1: Yeah, I think the ending is honestly one of the better uses I've seen of like, oh, the player makes the final pivotal choice because in a lot of games yeah. that can just be kind of inconsequential or whatever. But this was done in such a way that it was like I don't know like you said it was just really emotional and, and impactful for me because this game kind of swept me up with the characters in a way that I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Um in the end though I chose to spare Lord Shimra as well. Um mostly because I think one it is the more ghost of the two options and by that point I'd kind of embraced that persona and my playstyle. Um but I also think Like story wise, for me, I think it's more interesting for what it sets up because I mean, I imagine there will be a sequel to this game. Um, I'd be very surprised if there wasn't. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the implications of leaving Lord Shemra alive and having him, you know, kind of you guys be locked in this like forever kind of cat and mouse game, um, even though they obviously still care deeply about each other, um, it's pretty fascinating. And I think it, Fits the tone of the game, um, in that you know, you get your revenge on Kotan Khan, but you know, the real story was always kind of between Jin and Shimra. Um, and I, I, I couldn't let him, you know, kill the last remaining member of his family, I couldn't bring myself to do it.
2: I killed him, <laughs> <laughs> I but I was like, you, Simon, that I really. Mulled over for about 10 minutes. Um, and then I, because I remember it that day, I had tickets to the cinema and it was at a time when the cinema would just reopen, so I was really excited to go to the cinema again. And I th- I, on the drive to the cinema, I was thinking, have I made the right choice for killing him? And it was, it's one of those choices that has so much to say and it has so many, you know, possible uh, ways to look at it. Because I saw it more as killing him was the more ghost. Kind of ending because that confirms Jin as being the ghost because Jin himself would never have made that decision, but the ghost would have. And Hmm, it also it does put an ending on the fact that Shimura cannot you know be on Jin's case anymore. So it lets um, Jin roam free as the ghost as his new superhero identity for um, Tsushima So yeah, I chose to kill him, and but it is a decision I've kind of gone over my head many times. And having watched both endings on YouTube, um, I th- I'm, I'm not happy with my choice, but I think I'm glad I chose to kill him from a storytelling perspective because I think that's yeah. the overall more concise ending. But then like you said, if there's, a, if there's a sequel, I can imagine it will be one that follows on from him being kept alive, I would imagine. But who knows?
0: Uh, that, that's the thing I was just going to say. Like, If they do make a sequel, which I imagine they will, which ending will they mm. stick with? I'd be curious to see which one they do go with.
2: It would be interesting. I think if they, go, if they go for like the Witcher 3 approach, which at the start of the Witcher 3, you go to a meeting with a king in the land, and you have a big conversation with him about the previous events of the Witcher games, and huh. you, kind of, you choose what happens to certain characters. So it's like, oh, this person was dead, but that person was alive, and then that will tell how the story goes. So I could imagine if it's sophisticated enough on the PS5, it might well be because that's going to be a very cool console. It might be a thing where at the start it will say, oh, we're Shimura? You could say I killed him or I spared him. And that might change how one character plays out, where they might have a new character be the ward of the land, or they might have Shimura come back. We just don't know. Whether that's possible or not, I don't know. But that could be cool as a way. That'd to be out. cool,
1: Yeah. Mm. Because that way they kind of honor whatever the players choose. And exactly. they're not just saying, okay, you know, if you chose to kill him, well, too bad for you. Mm. Um, <laughs> shimmer's so it would... back, baby.
2: <laughs> it would, would be harsh <laughs> on Francois Chow, who he's only being, you know, he's being used for, let's say, half the player base who chose not to kill him. And then on the other side, they're getting a, a whole new character, a whole different actor play them. I just, you know, it's fascinating. It's a really interesting way to have uh, approached, you know, an ending to a game of this size.
1: The new player should just be like Shimra with like a comically large moustache. Faye <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, with it, fake it's, glasses and a big nose. <laughs> it's me, Lord Shamra. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it's, um, it, speaking then, you were saying about watching the endings on YouTube, mm. um, just a random kind of factoid. It was weird for me because I played the entire game in Japanese with the subtitles. Oh, and i would not actually heard the, vo- the 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 main voice actors if you will so I was really like kind of like
1: w- what like when I was watching it. well the jin jin's voice is so different between the english and the japanese like in japanese yeah. his voice is like gruff and like like english jin is like yes yeah, sir I'll have her home by 9 and japanese jin is like your daughter calls me daddy now <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: I I gotta say, like no disrespect to the to the English voice actor, but I do, and maybe it's just because I played the game obviously through in Japanese in full, um, but I do like the Japanese voice actor very much. He has that kind of sternness about the Jin character that I think resonates really well.
2: See, I'm again probably the same because I played it in English. Um, I really liked um how Jin was portrayed because he was much more softly spoken, and that yeah. does nicely kind of go against his. A moral ghost worldview you know where he's this guy who is really nice but he's also just chop the guy's head off you know and it's (laughs) it's that nice kind of dichotomy between the two personas he has
1: yeah i mean i played through the story in english and then when i was doing a lot of the like the post game like the end game content i suppose and i was wrapping stuff up i did a lot of it in japanese just to kind of get the full effect i suppose just because i mean you know, you're in Japan and it felt pretty immersive to have it be in Japanese. And when you combine that with like the Kurosawa mode, oh, sweet, sweet, <laughs> sweet, sweet cinema. Um,
2: I didn't play Kurosawa mode enough, I think, because I, I played it really early on. I think it, in, when I got to my first Fort Liberation moment, I turned it on for the duel against the leader. Oh, yeah. Holy shit, that looked incredible. But then the rest of it, I think I was just so caught up in the story and watching it unfold. And I also, I loved the colors of the game anyway. I thought it looked so colorful yeah. and really oh, yeah. fun to look at. That I didn't want to sacrifice it for a black and white mode, but that's just my preference.
1: I do love that you can swap back and forth on the fly, though, and have it not oh, yeah. impede your gameplay. So, mm-hmm. like you said, like you could do the whole Fort Liberation in color, and then for the duel, swap it to black and white and get like the extra like little touches in the sound effects. And it, it's... Yeah. It what like what a cool touch for a game. The game knows
0: how um, good looking it is as well with the fact that you can access the photo mode within like the tap of a button. <laughs> like they know how good this game looks. Yeah.
2: and it's it- one of those things where the Spider Man photo mode was really good on PS4. I spent a lot of time in that game, but the detail on the Shishima photo mode was just differently compared. It was like it, and also I loved how easy it was to use. Like, and I, I've seen from even my pictures to your pictures that you made, Sam, like, you found settings I didn't know existed in that game to show <laughs> just how detailed it is. Whereas I thought, oh, these pictures look wicked because I moved the camera slightly on a Dutch angle and made it black and white. And I'm like, that is <laughs> cinema. Whereas you found fucking, I don't know, purely red and black stuff to make it look epic. And I'm just like, bloody hell. But no, nah, <laughs> the photo mode was sick. And I have I spent... That probably... I would say I played the game for about 50 plus to maybe 60 hours. I would easily say that I, play, I had at least 5 to 10 hours in the photo mode alone. It was just so easy and fun to use. It's
0: so addictive. It got to the point where... I'd be mid-fight or something. Oh, yeah, I need to pause it there because mm-hmm. I need to like, get him like, slashing the sword. Mm-hmm. It's got the sparks of the sword. I need to get that. Yeah. And then I'd tinker around for, like, 15 minutes trying to get it. Okay, I guess I'll play the rest
2: of the mission now. That's what was so good was that it was literally one button, the right D-pad, and that was it. You were straight in the photo mode because it made those epic moments where, yes, you've got the clang of the sword, you've got your, your, fire, your swords on fire at one point, you've got that perfectly in time with you piping down. It's just, yeah, it made it made creating action shots so simple and so satisfying yeah
0: the stuff that people have done with the photo mode light like, mm. as well it's just mind-blowing that like that people are making these incredible images with with a game of all things as well
2: mm. i also really liked do, do you guys have a favorite side quest that you went on
1: Ooh, oh. ooh. um good question Mm. I,
0: I do like... I mean, I've still got them all to finish because, like I say, I've not really touched the game since I did the campaign because mm. I just wanted to kind of leave it for a little while before mm. I return to it. But um, from what I've played so far, I do like um, the Lady of Masako missions. Mm-hmm. There's Again, similar to the main story, there's a big kind of emotional resonance there. Uh, I don't know how it ends yet, but I know you were saying it's quite a shocking ending. It is.
2: Maybe not ending, but there is a surprise moment that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm I'm am i I'm curious to see how that wraps up. But like we were saying, all the side quests are pretty strong. Mm. Even the ones where it's um I forget his name now, is it Nori? Is it, is it Kenzie? Oh with Kenzie, the, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the Saki truck thing. <laughs> even his missions are, are fun to do. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think when I get round to wrapping it up I will dive more into the masako stuff but yeah that, that, that's gotta be my favorite so far
1: yeah i mean my favorite was probably sensuke ishikawa's missions right up until the end mm. though i wasn't a, a huge fan of how that side quest that side chain ended um i'd say my favorite ending was probably norio's because it felt mm. the most like visceral to me and it was kind of matched the main story, and, like, it's depiction of, like, brutality and how this whole thing is, like, changing people. Um, I really, really enjoyed that. Um Plus, I was spent the whole game wondering if I would get to use that long, like, spear blade that Norio had, and we never got to, and I'm a little <laughs> sad that we didn't. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, all of, like, the side character side missions are just so well-written. I like, they had the you know, more than just like standard side quests, they had all these side quests that were dedicated to specific characters. Um, it kind of gave you, yeah. you know, a reason to push through. We should also talk about the uh, the mythic quests too.
2: Oh, oh. <laughs> they, they were probably, early game, they were my favorite bits. Like, I think it was yeah. the, the Heavenly Strike one, the very first one you get. <gasps> oh, oh my God. Oh, God. You, you, you have a duel that I just weren't expected to have to unlock this skill and then the way you finish it is by unlocking that skill it's like, now you can use that move to finish off your opponent. You're just like, oh my god, it's so epic. And even then, you know, the other ones where you fought one of them in like a bed like a bed of lilies and there was one where you fought him in a, a lake with lots of lanterns floating around you. It's just... The way they framed those duels in the game, on those mythic quests and elsewhere, were just.
1: Which was which was yeah. the one where you fought like the demon, and you were surrounded by like ravens, and they were like slowly circling oh, in.
0: Yeah, that was the um the explosive arrow one. Oh my god, that was such yeah, that was, a good duel. That was awesome.
2: Yeah, I really like to be touched on like the folklore oh. aspects of the Japanese history. Yeah, awesome.
0: That's a good segue, actually, it to does. my next uh, point with Tsushima. But I will just add on the heavenly strike before we go to that. I love how badass it is that Jinsakai is just like, yeah, uh, I'm just studying your movements, yeah. uh, and now I know it. Mm-hmm. Incredible. I used to kill you, yeah, it's wicked. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about the kind of mythic elements of uh, the kind of Japanese folklore that's in the game, it was revealed, um, I think, it was, was it last week, yeah. that we're getting this legend co-op mode that's uh, going to kind of expand on those kind of tales a bit more on, in a scenario where we can all team up and fight together. Who would have thought that we were getting co-op in this game? Like, no one.
2: <laughs> I just can't wait. And also, based on like the trailer, it looks to me a bit like, not in the same way, but it looks a little bit like Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon was Far Cry 3, where mm. it's going to be a totally different look by using the same mechanics of the game. So this, obviously the online version is going to be much more fantastical with, like, demons and monsters, I think, and beasts to fight rather than other samurai. Um, yeah. But it looks awesome. It looks so much fun, and I've... Me and you, have already picked out, I'm gonna be the Ronin, you're gonna be the... It, assassin. The assassin, and then whoever wants to join our clan, you have to decide one of the other two, but... I'll be
1: the, here. uh... I'll be like the bard, which is like the sake merchant. I'll be Kenji. Yeah, please do <laughs> supply us with our sake. <laughs>
0: I'd be curious to see as well, like whether you can actually make like a clan and stuff like that, and pick mm. a little emblem and stuff for you to team up with. That'd be really cool. You can get like
2: on your cape. Oh,
1: oh, mate! <laughs> <laughs> I think you can. I hope you can do stuff like that because I think they said that they're gonna they're gonna be like raids and stuff. In the mm. online mode, which would be oh. just so sick. Just, like, really long, like, almost like dungeons with a big final boss battle where it's, like, four of you just fighting some demon. Awesome. Yeah, it's no going to rip. Awesome. Mm.
0: I know they've said there's a survival mode as well, and I'm a sucker for a survival mode. Mm. And the fact that we're going to get to do it in, like, samurais and still so like, is just yeah, e- even better.
2: Cod zombies, but Shima samurai. Like, oh, my God. Give that to me. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so good i can't, I can't wait to play and, it and the fact
1: that they're giving it to people who bought the game they're giving it to us for free which is mm-hmm. just yeah nuts it seems like a ton of content like a ton of work yeah. went into this like i would gladly pay money for it just based on what we saw alone but like i am mm-hmm. so happy that this is coming out like for free i can't wait just dig into this game again
0: I wonder if they'll they'll expand it as well down the line because obviously we don't know whether we're, like we've been saying whether we'll get a Shishima sequel and and obviously if we do, it's going to be quite a few years before that comes out. So I wonder if there's going to be quite a lot of like post game content for Shashima. I think maybe the co op could be kind of a start of yeah. it. I wonder if they would make any more um kind of story based DLC as well with Jin. That'd be interesting.
1: That'd be oh. cool in before they uh, drop a uh, Ghost of Tsushima, like, Battle Royale mode. Oh God. <laughs> it's like Ghost of Tsushima, Dojo. Dojo. I was just going
0: to say as, well, like... <laughs> <Dojo>. <laughs> just gonna say, as well, I wonder if they would introduce kind of like a PvP element to it as well. I would love that. I think that. 4v4 fights would be really cool. Mm.
2: I can imagine it. Or even, like, 1v1s. Did either of you ever play um, For Honor? At all? Oh, yeah. I paid a bit of it, yeah. That has a very cool PvP mode because every kind of character has different stances and stuff. And that it does, it would fit well into this universe because you might pick a character who has a shield so that would force your opponent to use a different stance and different fighting techniques. And I think it could work really well. And it would really put people against each other in a really exciting way. So I would be all for a PvP mode. Oh my
0: god, what if they do 1v1 PvP but it's in the, the dual style instead of like the core compact? Oh, oh my god. god. Imagine Can you
2: imagine watching yourself with you, you and your own fucking jump cut cape rock up <laughs> against Jin Sakai? Oh my god!
1: Oh, sucker punch! Call us,
0: <laughs> please. Ugh, if they did like kind of like a tag tournament version as well, mm. where you could like tap somebody in to come fight for you. Oh, Jeez. I- I'm so down. If they, I don't know if they would ever do it, but if they did one v one BVP duels, that would, that would be, be so good, insane. And and I wonder if like just me spitballing ideas like if they could do, you could choose you you know like Jin Sakai's kind of dual animation is him like just tapping the sword yes. out of his uh, sheath with his thumb. Can
2: unlock whether different... you can whether you
0: can pick your own. Oh, kind of thing. oh dude!
2: <laughs> Jeez!
0: It'd give you the <laughs> options to kind of pick it.
2: Yeah, like you said, Jeff. Second punch. Give us a call, mate. We've got ideas. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what? Well, when's that drop in fall, did this? say? Yeah, I, I imagine like October, November time, something
0: like that. Oh, no, I need it now. I know. I, know. I can't... Oh, I'm so excited for that. <laughs> the, the, the prospects of what it could bring to that game as well. So much potential. But I think uh, that's as good a place as any to kind of wrap things up. We're too hyped and tired now from talking about <laughs> PvP combat. <laughs> it's blown our minds. But before we go... Uh, the cool thing about Jumpcast, and Playcast in particular, is that if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get a little cool shout out. So I'd like to take a moment just to shout out Chris Wilson, Let There Be Like Productions, Zoe Baines, Dal Griffiths, Sam Luck, Orla Smith, Peter Hodgkins, Nicole Pott, Andy Meekin, Fabiana Rossas, Hamish Calvert, and Chris Murphy. Your support is very much appreciated. So guys, where can we find you both on the internet?
2: Um, so you can find me at um on Twitter. I'm tweeting about all sorts of crap right now about films. It's, it's probably about, I'll be honest, the Batman Punch. So oh, please God. follow me on there if you can find me. Thank you.
1: And you can find me on Twitter at Jeff Zoldy because I'm a very original individual, TM. <laughs> um, and you can find me tweeting about a lot of games, a lot of movies and probably some politics, but don't worry about that. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and you can
0: find me at Sunday Rain, where like, Reese, I'll also be talking about the Batman Punch, because it just seems to be replaying in my mind it's all day so good. <laughs> now. Just 12 seconds. Who knew 12 seconds of a film trailer would assert so much dominance in my mind, okay. but here we are. Living
2: rent-free. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: That that trailer, I mean, I know we just talked about it in Segway, DC Fandom episode (laughs) that came out today (laughs) at the time of recording. (laughs) Um, I know we've talked about that puncture length, but oh my god, I can't stop thinking about it. I can't. (laughs) Ugh. So good but if you want to keep up with the cool things that we're doing at Play, you can follow us on Twitter at jumpcut play we've got some really great content on the way including the Playcast that you're obviously listening to now and yeah that pretty much wraps it up for this week so thank you for joining me boys, I
1: really appreciate it Anytime, mate. of course, can't wait to get the band back together and talk about Ghost of Tsushima nice am... <laughs> nice <laughs> nice <laughs> How long have you been thinking about that? Dude, I've been sitting on that since I finished the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's been weeks.
0: Suckerpunks really need, need to give us a call. We've just sorted out their post-game content and the sequel. Exactly. Then, so We're making it easy for them. Give us a call. Two ghosts, two Tsushima, <laughs> eh? Oh my uh. god. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to get out of hand very (laughs) quickly. We need to stop. We do. (laughs) But yes, thank you very much for tuning in, everybody, and we hope you have a fantastic week. So with that, bye-bye.
1: Bye.